Welcome to the Miracle Channel podcast. Every week, you'll hear powerful messages from world-renowned pastors that air on Miracle Channel, Canada's 24-7 Christian TV station. And if you want to watch more of their messages anytime you want, check out our online streaming service, Corco Plus. Follow the link in our show notes to create a free account in three simple steps. Today on the podcast, you'll hear a message from Eden Fontaine Shimoda. Eden is an associate pastor at Springs Church with a passion to help people go all in on a relationship with God. Because when you're all in, you'll see a massive difference in your life. Let's dive into the message. When we forget things, when life gets overwhelming, when we experience obstacles or storms and we're confronted with decisions to make about ourselves, it's crucial that the foundation of who we are and who God is, is secure in our life. That is the way to be victorious. And so I want to quickly refresh. We talked about the fact that God made you, that he made you in his image and in his likeness. It says that even before he made the world, that he had already chosen us to set his love on. We were just a twinkle in his eye. We were just a thought, an imagination for him as to what his family would look like, as to each individual, the complexities, the personalities, our individuality was this beautiful um, image that God had in his mind for us. And before he created our big, beautiful world, um, he had already chose us to set his love on. There's only one of you in the whole world. How crazy is that thought? You'll never find someone like me, someone who's exactly like me, same DNA. Our whole structure, our whole bodies, our DNA, the makeup of who we are. God only needed one of us because each of us are unique and he made plans for us. And um, I want to get into that. I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but I want to remind us that we're made in God's image, that God made you, that while you were in your mother's womb, the word says that he knit you together, that you are wonderfully made. It says that he put gifts inside of you. He put talents inside of you. He put so much inside of you. And this life is an exciting life to uncover who God is and who he has made us to be. You know, whatever we believe about ourselves that doesn't line up with God's word is a lie. We talked about that last time as well. That we come to believe things about ourselves. We come to experience things that can cause us to change the way that maybe we once believed in ourselves, but we got knocked down a couple times and now it's hard to really just muster up the strength to go for it, but it's really up to us. We have to begin to be responsible for what we think, for what we believe, because not one person on this planet could do that for you. God has given you the unique capacity, the power within you to choose, to build the life you want, to create. Um, He's the ultimate creator, but he's put that that creating capability inside of us as well. And that's what we're going to talk a little bit about today. You know, one thing that I always am so in awe of is the fact that Ephesians 2.10 is where we kind of mentioned last time that you are God's own handiwork. The same God who made the Rocky Mountains, who made blue whales and hummingbirds and the oceans and penguins and 
just the craziest things you could think of. Nature is so amazing and diverse. Wherever you have been in your life, the redwood forest, beautiful waterfalls, I don't know maybe where you've traveled or where you wish you could travel, but where is that place that brings you such awe of our world and the creation that God has made? Well, keep that in mind. God made all of that. And he looks at us after making all of that and he says, but you, are my masterpiece. I'm sorry, but if you saw me next to a blue whale <laughs> in the ocean, I would be pretty like dumbfounded over the blue whale. Like, oh my goodness, this thing is huge and the magnitude with which, what, with which it swims and you can fit a small car down its vein is what I've heard how big the blue whale is. It's unbelievable the beauty that God has put and the intricacy into everything. And yet God looks at you and he says, you are my masterpiece. So we talked a little bit about that last time, but I wanna dive a little bit further into the truth about you because it's very important what you believe, what you choose to believe inside about yourself. And so let's find out truth and let's find out where are we believing lies, right? And let's take ownership and responsibility for the things we've come to believe that are actually holding us back from being who God's called us to be, his masterpiece. So Ephesians 2.10 says, we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. I am so grateful that God made us, that God made this beautiful world, that he calls us his masterpiece. But he doesn't just leave us there. You know, he's given us free will. We get to choose how we live, um, what we do, but he loved us, created us to love us, and he pre-planned good things for you to do. He put gifts inside of you. He put um, so much in you that as you learn about it and as you grow in it and as you learn about God's love and, and spend time in that relationship with him, you'll begin to unpack all that he has for you and walk out the good things that he has done for you. But how many of you know, just because something's been prepared doesn't mean that we experience it. Um, how many moms can relate? I make food for my kids constantly. <laughs> they eat a lot, children. And just because I've prepared it does not mean that my children are gonna eat it. And it's good. I, I do vegetables and fruits and really yummy, you know, meals. And just because I prepared good things in advance for them doesn't necessarily mean that they're gonna experience it because they have to choose whether or not they're gonna eat it. Simple analogy, but it's true. Even though God has prepared good works for you, even though he's created you a masterpiece, so much is in your control as to whether or not you're gonna walk that out. And so let's go on that journey right now and figure out how can I make sure that as God's masterpiece, I'm journeying with him, that I'm, I'm finding out about these good things, that I'm acting on them. The biggest thing I want you to realize is you choose. You know, in Joshua it says, choose today whom you will serve. It says, but as for me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. And so it's very clear that even though God made us because he loves us, even though we're called to love him and love others, ultimately it's your choice who you're going to choose to believe. But we need to be really aware of what's going on here. And so John 10, 10, Jesus said, a thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, he wants to slaughter, and he wants to destroy but I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life 
in its fullness until you overflow. Now this verse, I know it's quoted a lot, but it's crucial for you as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, because the enemy will always be a stealer, a destroyer, a murderer. He'll slaughter. He'll do everything he can to keep you from being what you're called to be. But here's the thing. He doesn't have any power over you. When you read the word and find out about the authority that you have in Jesus, it's one of the most exciting things. All the enemy can do is try to distract you, try to give you thoughts to see oh, will she believe that, oh, well, you're not as good as God has made you to be. And look at all the things you've done and where you failed. And can he keep you distracted? Can he keep you away? Um, because he knows the greatness of God. He's seen the power of God. He knows he loses in the end. Hello. So he's going to do everything he can to slow down God's masterpiece. He's scared of God's masterpiece. Frankly, he doesn't want to see you come into the fullness of life that God has for you. So that's the truth. We need to be aware of our enemy, if we're going to outthink him, outsmart him, be able to um, turn him aside when he tries to distract us and send us thoughts that could, that could get us off course for a while. And maybe you're in that place right now. That's okay. You can get right back on track. Even if you've been starting to think things that aren't lining up with what God says about you, becoming, realizing that is going to be what can bring you back on track. And you can say no to the enemy in an instant. And so Jesus goes on to say, I have come to give you everything in abundance. You know, it is not too late to be who God has called you to be. It is not too late to be who he has made you to be. And I want you to hear that today because I don't know your history. I don't know where you're at right now. I don't know if you're struggling or you're, you're coming through a victorious time right now. God sees you. He knows you. He's planned an incredible purpose for your life. And it's never too late to come to know truth and to act on it. And so when we look at life that Jesus has given us, it says in abundance. Now, what does abundance look like for me? it's probably going to be a little bit different than what you think abundance is for you or what someone in Africa would think abundance is or in Syria or Australia or China or North America. We all have different perspectives and what we think might abundance might be. So I love how God says it'll be more than you expect. God is so much bigger than what you could expect for yourself. Life in its fullness until you overflow. Wow, I love that he goes into detail because if all he said was, I've come to give you everything in abundance, well, what does that look like for you? He wants you, he's pushing you, saying more than you could expect. So don't, don't cap yourself off at what you think abundance might be. No, it should be life in its very fullness in every area of life until you overflow. That's his plan for us. But how do you receive it? How do you receive that life, that gift that God has given us? Because it is a gift. When we go back to Ephesians 2.10, the first two verses before it say, God saved you by his grace when you believed. When you believed in Jesus, God saved you. It's just how he set it up. Even though Adam and Eve used their free will, made the wrong choice, God didn't leave us hanging. We weren't even alive yet. And God made a way for us to be reconnected with him, to fulfill all that he's planned for us. And it's a gift. It says, you can't take credit for this. How could we? I wasn't even alive yet when Jesus died on the cross. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward. Listen closely. Salvation's not a reward for the good things that we have done. So none of us can boast about it. 
for we are God's masterpiece. That's the full portion there, a couple verses before. And so it's a gift. What happens when you receive a gift? Now, if I were to give you some beautiful gift with a fancy bow on top and hand it to you right now, um, it's exciting to get a gift, isn't it? Wondering what it is and what do you, what's the first thing you want to do? You want to open it. You want to tear it open. Then you find a box. You got to get that box open. Then you find instructions. You got to learn about the gift you've just been given. Then you start to use the gift and you start to um, cultivate it and take care of it and grow it. Such is the gift of salvation. If we come to know Jesus and we go, oh, I believe in you, Jesus. I see what you've done for me, how you died, you rose again. Um, and if we just stay there, it's like taking the gift and just leaving it on a shelf, not opening it, keeping it hidden somewhere, tucked away. Oh yeah, I've got that gift. It's in, it's in my house, it's with me, but it's meant to be opened. It's meant to be received. It's meant to be unpacked and torn apart and used and learned. And that is essential for you to discover the truth about you is to unpack that gift of salvation. So what does unwrapping this gift look like? How do we get life in its fullness, working in your life, working in my life. Well, Jesus said in John 8, 31, when you continue to embrace all that I teach, you prove that you are my true followers. For if you embrace the truth, it will release more freedom into your lives. So once again, we're being presented with a choice, right? He said, if, if you do it, if you embrace the truth, guess what? It's going to release even more freedom into your lives. And what does he say? He says, continue to embrace what I teach. So when I see the word continue, I see that it's a journey. It's something that I'm going to be having to be part of every single day of my life. And that is one of the beautiful things about coming to know Jesus, about believing on him, about receiving his gift of salvation, is that God made a way for you, but God literally wants to be in relationship with you. There's a continuance. There's a learning, a growing with God and understanding. And as you continue to embrace all that Jesus taught, as you continue to embrace it. So what does that look like for you? I want you to really think about that right now. What does continuing Maybe for you, it's starting. Maybe you haven't started to embrace Jesus' teaching. Hey, wherever you are, it's all good. But now let's learn from what Jesus is saying and go, okay, how can I begin to embrace and continue to embrace Jesus' teachings in my life? Well, let's get real simple because that's what I've been doing in this message. Your day-to-day your day -day life. How can you today continue to embrace Jesus' teaching? What can you do? Well, you can set aside some time today before you go to bed and open up your Bible, open up a promise book, open up a great teaching book about Bible, about Jesus, um, open up a podcast of a great speaker, a pastor who uplifts Jesus, who uplifts the word um, and begin to listen to Jesus's teaching. All you should focus on is today because yesterday's gone. We can't do anything about yesterday. Tomorrow's not even here yet. So why get ahead of ourselves? Why let the enemy try to overwhelm us with, well, look what you did in the past and trying to get you to feel bad about something or looking to the future and going, I don't know how I could change my schedule and what I would do and getting overwhelmed. No, just, just slow down the distractions and go, what can I do today? 
and get it in your calendar, get it on your phone, get it, whatever it might be, get that book right next to your bed or right next to your toilet or right next to your favorite reading chair in the house, whatever it might be. And how can you today begin to continue to embrace Jesus's teaching? What are other ways we could continue to embrace Jesus's teaching? Because it's going to bring us freedom. It says, I want freedom in my life. I want to walk in a freedom, in a fullness of life that is more than I expect till it overflows. And um, so what about a life-giving church? Are you planted in a life-giving church? Are you hearing the teaching of God's word from a pastor who believes in the word, who believes in Jesus, who leads you into truth? Because listen here, the enemy, Jesus made it really, really clear, comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. That's never God. You got to be planted in a local church that's teaching truth, that Jesus came to give you life. And the Bible says that faith comes from hearing the word. And so how can you begin right now in your everyday life to hear the word and to begin to listen to one every single day in the morning or in the evening? Whatever your routine looks like is going to be different than mine, but it's up to you to go, okay, pause, Let's think about my life. Let's think about, am I experiencing the fullness of life in the way that I want it? Am I experiencing abundance? Well, that's God's will for me. Okay, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna take steps in that. So how can I physically do that today? How can I spend time with God? Because he wants to show you, he wants to lead you and guide you in his word. So what does, and we've, we've looked at what continuing in and embracing Jesus's teaching but how do we embrace the truth? We've looked at continuing in it, continuing in learning um, Jesus's teaching and keeping it in our ears, in our hearts. Um, but what does embracing that truth looks like? Well, James 1 says, don't just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it, for that is the essence of self-deception. So we've heard that faith comes by hearing, but now it's saying, well, wait, don't just listen to it. Okay, hang on here. Um, I thought I was supposed to hear the word. You are, but it continues to say, don't just listen and not respond. Interesting. When you read in the Bible that faith comes by hearing the word of God, we also read that faith without works is dead. Faith without action. Now we read that salvation doesn't need your good works, so don't get this messed up. You didn't do anything to convince God to save you, to send Jesus. Like I told you, God loved you before the creation of time. That is how much Father God loves you, that he's planned good things for you to do. You're his masterpiece. And you don't need to do anything good to deserve it or earn it because it was given to you before you could even receive it. But here we're talking about acting on your faith, responding. And when you receive a gift, isn't there a response? When I give you a gift, I'm assuming you're going to be excited. I'm, ass I'm assuming you're going to go, thanks, Eden. Oh, I can't wait to open this. There's a response. Um, something's been initiated, right? And so James is saying, don't just listen and not respond, for that is the essence of self-deception. So faith comes by acting on the word. And why wouldn't it, right? If I believe that I love my son, I show that to my son. I act on it. If I believe that the Bible says I'm more than an overcomer, it changes how I approach storms and issues and problems that might rise up at work or with family. No, I'm more than an overcomer. It's gonna change the way I respond and I act because I believe something. 
So that's simply what it's saying. You're going to hear the word. It's going to build your faith. But then as you believe and as you begin to know more truth and it's setting you free and you're embracing God's word, you'll begin to behave differently and respond differently because you have faith. You believe differently. You're learning more of the truth and it's changing how you actually walk out your day-to-day -day life. And that's where you begin to see change in your everyday life. So always, James continues, let his word become like poetry written and fulfilled by your life. I love this. So don't just listen to the word, but actually respond to it and let his word become like poetry written and fulfilled by your life. Now listen here, the Bible is not just a book that sits on a shelf or in an app on your phone. There are people in this world who would do anything to get a Bible. And yet more than likely, a lot of the people that I'm speaking to through this camera have one, have 10, have five. There's so many different amazing translations. I'm not saying that to make you feel bad. I'm saying, wow, you have a Bible right at your, right at your hands. And what God's word is saying is that his word is alive. It becomes fulfilled in your life. Now, as you journey into Jesus's teaching, this is an exciting thing that the word actually becomes written. The written word becomes fulfilled in your life like poetry. It's so beautiful. If you listen to the word and don't live out the message you hear, you become like the person who looks in the mirror of the word because that's where we find out who we are is in the word. The truth about you is in the word. And when you look in the word, it becomes a mirror. You discover the reflection of your face in the beginning. It says you perceive how God sees you in the mirror of the word. But if you listen and you don't respond, you don't act on what you're learning and growing in, then you go out and you forget your divine origin. Isn't that crazy? You know, you can begin to know things. You can add knowledge. It's amazing how many things you can pick up and learn. Pick up a book, watch a masterclass. The ability to learn in itself is such a cool thing that God has put inside of us as human beings. But if you learn about yourself and you don't start to act on who God says you are and respond to it. It's like you've seen yourself in the mirror of the word. And the second you go, you forget who you are. You forget what God has called you to do. Continue to respond every day as you read the word, as you listen to a message, as you're journaling and meditating on a scripture, you're going to begin to act differently. You're going to find yourself speaking differently. You're going to find yourself freeing freeing yourself in certain areas of your life. You're going to be walking out the word and it's going to be so incredible because it's the way God planned it because he loves you so much. He loves you so much. There's no, there's no disclaimer. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. It's just, it just is. It just is. God made you and he loves you and he's planned great things for you. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to hear more messages from encouraging speakers that air on Miracle Channel and Corco. Rate this podcast and write a review if you haven't already. And share this message so others can be encouraged by this teaching too. We hope you were inspired by today's message. God bless.